Hello, baseball fans, listeners around the world, wherever you're listening, however you're listening. Welcome to another episode of At the Corner, a Cleveland Guardian-centric podcast by your host, that is me, Zach Caldwell, and my co-host, Chuck. Chuck will be here, as always, in just a little bit to do Series Recap and Mailbag with us. You guys sent us a ton of good stuff over the weekend that we're going to answer. we got to talk about some not-so-good-from-the-Yankees series. We are going to talk about Tristan McKenzie doing his thing. Uh, and we're going to answer your questions. You guys sent us a bunch of really fun ones, and I appreciate that because the Yankee series was not so great. And uh, we'll talk a little bit about some stuff that we got coming up for you guys in terms of additional content outside the podcast. But for now, you guys know what it is. Take it away, Electronomia. As always, any music used in this podcast can be found at the bottom of the description. Whatever podcast platform you listen on, you can find that by expanding the details, expanding the details, excuse me, and scrolling to the bottom of the page. First things first, I'll go ahead and announce we're going to be doing our second playback watch party for Cleveland Guardians content tomorrow. That is July 5th, okay? If you guys already had the playback link from the Clippers watch party, you do not need a new one. You can sign into your playback account and you can just on your homepage, it'll show you rooms that you've been in. You'll be able to see at the corner podcast, go there. For those of you that need the room, I'm going to give you guys the direct link in this podcast, which I am not allowed to post on Twitter. Just playback is a new company they have to figure out their legality they've assured me that as content creators we're good but for private watch parties for regionally broadcasted sports content i cannot post the link on twitter so in order to get to my playback room our playback room for this watch party you guys can go to www.getplayback.com forward slash room forward slash at the corner Okay, if you go to that room, it'll you need to make an account, just click sign up, it'll send you an email to authenticate you, you'll set up your profile, go to that room. Once you have that room, you'll be able to watch any of the content that we host. The link to that will be in the description to this podcast, as well as a WordPress post that I'm gonna be plastering everywhere to get our uh, to make sure everybody knows that you can come and hang out and watch the game with us. And you don't need access to MLB TV or the Bally Sports app. So tomorrow, broadcast will be live right about 6.55 p.m. I'll be in there hosting the stage. Uh, If you guys want to come up and talk on the stage, we can talk about the game as it's going on. There's live chat, a fun way to come together as a community to watch a game. So book it for tomorrow, July 5th, for the 7-10 start versus Detroit. I'll be in there about 6.50 to uh, get you guys prepped for the game. And we'll watch along together and hopefully watch a Guardians win. So without further ado, I'm just going to go ahead and go straight into the Yankees series recap. Uh, Chuck and I, uh, we kind of breezed through the first two games. There's not really a lot to talk about. Uh, Game two there was. Game one, not so much. Uh, We'll talk about why the team punted in game one of the doubleheader. We'll talk about McKenzie doing his thing in game two. And then you guys sent us a bunch of really awesome uh, questions for Monday Mailbag that uh, we had a lot of fun answering. So I will leave y'all to it, uh, and you guys will hear from me at the end. So I will see you later. On to the Yankees series recap. 
Well, hello, listeners of the podcast, and welcome to another iteration of Zach and Chuck Talk Baseball. Uh, had a little bit of an interesting series versus the Yankees. Uh, Friday night's game was postponed. Split doubleheader on Saturday. Close out the game. On, close out the series on Sunday. But it is the Fourth of July weekend. Uh, Chuck, how has your Independence Day weekend been? Um, it was great. A lot of baseball. That's pretty much all. Uh, all I did. A lot of baseball. Um. Yeah, it was an interesting series. Uh, interesting weekend from the Guardians' perspective in terms of roster and weird moves. Very interesting. Uh, going going to my wife, uh, wife sister's house today to go swimming, and then I'm gonna leave the pool to we'll watch a doubleheader. <laughs> and um, yeah, I'm really excited to watch. Uh, there's nothing better than like nine hours of baseball in your face, and I get to like. It's not like a twin bill, so I get to go out and go do some shopping between the doubleheader, and then I get to watch game two and relax with dinner. So, yeah, I'm really looking forward to today. Well, good. I am glad uh, that you guys get to celebrate the 4th of July uh, the way that you guys want to. We're probably just going to keep it low-key. <laughs> we're probably just going to keep it low-key. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, we're not doing a... much celebrating. I'm going to be watching uh, Guardians Tigers yep. with my wife while maybe she peeks out the window and look at the fireworks, but... Yeah, that's my uh, that's my celebration today. So it is interesting. Um, you mentioned some of the roster stuff, so I'll just briefly go over the roster moves that were made. Um, so Karinchak was activated, and he was optioned to Columbus. Okay, uh, Arias was called up, and that is because Oscar Gonzalez was put on the ten day injured list, retroactive to June thirtieth. Uh, Tobias Myers is gone. If you didn't see that coming, you haven't been paying attention. He has been awful. Uh, Karen Chak is now with the club. He was recalled on the third. Anthony Castro has been banished to Columbus. Thank God. Uh, oddly enough, the club <laughs> the club selected the contract of Alex Young. Um, Anthony Goes was placed on the 15-day injured list with a left tricep strain. Uh, Kirk McCarty has been punted to the Costa Rican Coffee League and designated for assignment. Yeah, boy, Oscar Mercado is back. Uh, he uh, has returned. It, it hurts just to hear it, Zach. It hurts. And uh, the Johan Ramirez to, experiment. I can't wait to is, dive into that later. Yeah, I know. And the Johan Ramirez experiment is over. He was DFA'd off of the roster. So not to say outright not to say outright that the club won't keep him. Obviously he has to clear waivers first to be out. Yeah, maybe they're trying to sneak him through. Yeah, they're trying to sneak him through waivers. Uh there's plenty of teams that need pitchers with potential out there and you what's the old mantra you can never have enough pitching. So that is your roster move summary. Uh the carousel is nauseating. It is impossible to keep up with at this point because the team is trying to get through a very long stretch of games. Uh, and just, you got, guess what? It's the dog days of summer. We're coming in July and guys are getting hurt. This is what happens every year. So there's your roster summary. We're going to talk about the Yankees series. Uh, there is some very not fun stuff in here for the second week in a row. Uh, we got a twin series recap that we've already recorded that will be after this segment. That's more fun. So, just stay tuned for that. Um, so doubleheader Saturday, game one at noon. Uh, this was a punt from Friday night because 
instead of simply shuffling the roster, the pitching rotation to flex with the game, which meant Savali would have started game one and McKenzie would have started game two. And then who would it have been pitching in game three? That would naturally make it. Please. No, please act. Yeah. Please act for the Sunday game. Instead, uh, instead of bringing up an additional position player, for the 27th man, the Guardians brought up Kirk McCarty and he started game one of the doubleheader. Now, he did not look terrible. Yeah, I want, to be fair, he, he wasn't so bad. He hung in there as long as he could. I don't know. I, it was interesting that they kept him in there five innings. I thought maybe they like throw him out there to get him through the first order, first round, you know, just line up for, for three innings, then just bullpen it. But uh, you could just tell they're, they're trying, they're trying to get ahead of the week ahead of them they're trying to set up the rotation for the week yep you know that's pretty much what it, that's how it felt to me this way they can go just go you know they have a double header this week so they'll you know today so they'll just throw out Pilkington for the second game and that way you, you just go you know it's it's police hack Pilkington Bieber Count Quantrill Bieber and then the rotation turns over again you don't have to go with another and the you don't have to add another one basically they, we would have had to start two minor leaguers this week now they're only doing it. Now they're only doing one instead. So they wanted to just get ahead of it and set up the rotation for the week. Uh, I I thought McCarty hung in there to be fair, but uh, it, yeah, it was it was tough to watch <laughs> to just say the least. Yeah, he's uh he's not. I mean, obviously the club has gotten what they want out of him, hence the DFA. So his line yeah. five innings pitched, six hits, four runs. Let's be explicitly clear against this formidable Yankees lineup. That is not terrible. Absolutely not terrible not. at all. I thought like, he hung in there. If if you're gonna tell me that a spot starter who's like a fringe sixth guy held the Yankees to four runs, I'd be happy with that. Especially if I can hand that to my bullpen. Uh, what came after <laughs> is um, this series as a whole was just infuriating, dude, because McCarty held it down. He gave up six hits, four runs. He did walk four. He had some command problems. Struck out three. Uh, Goes came in and absolutely punted, just straight up. Two hits, four runs, two walks. Uh, he gave up the bomb to Carpenter. It just... And then you've got Castro, who also looked awful, two and a third, four hits, three runs. Uh, and by this point, the game is a complete blowout. It is 11 to what? Four? Three at this point. Uh, and so Clement pitches in garbage time to save the bullpen. Uh, Zach, I just have some breaking news here. I just wanted to share it with you. Gabriel yeah. Arias is in the lineup at third, at third base batting seventh in game one. Ooh. So maybe someone goes down. It could be Owen Miller or Ernie Clement. Or <laughs> please, they both need to go. We're gonna talk maybe, about those two bums in a or as, maybe at the end. <laughs> or maybe they could do a roster change between games. Is it, is it, I think they could I think they do that. Just wanna, once, once the game starts. Well, that's hard to say though, because like once the game starts, you're not allowed to edit the roster you started the game with. Yeah, so they that, that can't happen. But I didn't see the any the transactions yet, so I'm just you know stay tuned for that. And I didn't see the, the it's not posted yet the transactions. Woo! Yeah, that's I had to hear it. It's nice it to is, see. It is. Um, I think Arius is a little cold, <clears throat> which we'll talk about. 
as we go through the series. So the ugly in this game is the fact that, excuse me, uh, Goes and Castro both look terrible. You cannot fault Ernie Clement uh, for being thrust into the, uh, hey, go eat an inning to save a bullpen arm, especially in a doubleheader situation. Uh, But I feel bad for the fans that went to this game because uh, they punted on this one pretty early. Overall, the hitting is pretty atrocious. The top five batters in the lineup did not have a hit. Uh, Naylor and Reyes both had two hits. Jimenez had one, and everybody else was hitless. So, obviously, this game was against Garrett Cole. I don't know how the hell it aligned that we got to face Cole twice in the same season, but it fucking sucks, and I hate it here. Cole goes six, gives up three hits, two runs. He walked three, struck out six. He did give up two bombs. He gave up the back-to-back bombs to uh, Naylor and Franmil. Uh, Josh Naylor, that home run was very nice. He finally finally got around on an up a fastball that was up and inside just a little bit, and he yanked it. Franmil has looked progressively better. Uh, yeah. He's putting nice, clean swings on the ball. He's shortening his hands up and going the other way, which is what, for the month of April, he did so well. Uh, he was able to take the ball the other way. He is looking better. He's got that nice, uh, he's got that nice, sweet power stroke, uh, which we saw in Sunday's game. So, there is not much I have to say about this game, other than then this was a big old turd. Uh, and there's no way around that. So that's my thoughts on it. That's all I have. Um, I'm so I have a few thoughts. Cole, it was nice. N- Naylor, he just has Cole's no- Garrett Cole's number, so it was nice yep. to see him, you know, get that out on that high fastball. Um, Ghost, I knew Ghost was hurt because on his his last pitch was a fastball, and it was at ninety three. So. I was extremely alarming because he usually sits at 96, 97. So once I saw 93 on his fastball, that usually tells you that there's a mechanical issue or or or, or an injury. So I knew something was going on. Uh, Castro just looked, looked awful, but he did go two innings. That's pretty much what they had him there for, just to protect the bullpen. And Reyes does look better. He really he's starting to drive the ball, and um, it's really really encouraging. It's also starting to lay off that outside breaking garbage again. Yeah, and uh, that is what I pretty much have for the for game one. Yeah, I, w- I don't want to talk about this anymore. It was an ugly game. If you watched it, you know, you know. If you didn't watch it, uh, you didn't miss out on anything. That's all for that. So we'll move on to game two of the doubleheader. Uh, this one was also an ugly one. However, comma, it was not ugly until late. Okay, the game was two to one and going into the top of the seventh inning, uh, which you play the Yankees hard, man. Like, there's just no denying that the Yankees have a really good team. Um, so final score for this one, six to one. Uh, the big one for this one was the Yankees erupted for four runs in the seventh inning. So <clears throat> obviously, uh, I don't know what to think about this game because I thought we kind of punted on this one too. Uh, I have no idea why Ernie Clement is playing left field. I I do not understand. Get rid of him. Call up an outfielder. There are three outfielders at Columbus right now that are smacking the piss out of baseballs. Um, but you talked about it. 
Clement is Tito's guy. I just, I don't understand how you can start him in two out of three games in the Yankees and then have people take you seriously. I just, I don't know. Um, to be fair, I want to be consistent on my, on my position on Owen Miller. If you play him at third base once a week, that's fine. And that's completely okay to have on your bench, but not but throwing him out there every, uh, in, uh, every Clement game. or Miller Clement. Yeah. Clement. I, I want to just cement my position. Having Ernie Clement play third base or short or second base once a week to get your starters off their legs. That's fine. But to play him in left field, every, almost uh, it, 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 it's crazy. It makes no sense whatsoever. I kind of want to like bang my head in the wall every time I, I see his name in left field and in the batter's box most 99% of the time. Zach, do you know what they're carrying three right-handed infielders on the bench? Yep. That isn't – and – I'm getting the feeling that Owen Miller's time could be short on this roster, just the way he's been playing in the field and he's hurting the team on both sides of the ball now. But Clement, you at least have his defense when he plays in the infield. So it makes it makes no sense what they're doing. Um, so I thought Savali hung in there. It was a nice, it was a good start. No, Zach, you would take that. Absolutely. So, uh, this so, lineup, you would take that. Yeah. So, again, uh, it was not a quality start. However, Savali went six. He only gave up four, uh, five hits, kept the walks down, two walks, six strikeouts. Uh, the killer for him was he gave up two solo shots. Uh, but you can live with that. With this Yankees lineup, you can live with giving up solo home runs. They live and die by the long ball. Uh, he gave up one to Rizzo, and he gave up an absolute piss missile to Stanton. Yeah, uh, that ball was hit pretty hard. However, his line does not do justice to just the grit you have to have to get through uh, this Yankee lineup. So yeah, so oh, I'm sorry, you go ahead, Zach. I mean, nope, that's that's all I had to say about Savali. Yeah, so I thought he we, looked really good, and he's really been starting to come around, which is good. We go up one nothing. I met Rosario. Uh, hit, Hits a nice home run, the deep, uh, the center, deep, uh, deepest part of the ballpark, basically. Then you know the, the bullpen depth is starting to collapse. Like uh, Dos Santos gets rocked, Shaw, I guess, looked nice. And then uh, the basically what's happening now is that we knew our bullpen was going to get overworked, but now it's here. You know, Dos Santos, you can't rely on anymore. Basically, Shaw, you don't know what you're going to get from him. Castro is 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 getting bombed. You don't really know, and Ghost is is not here it, it, now. The bullpen depth is starting to dry up, and it's really take it's taking a weird shape. Um, uh, again, Naylor's hitting really well. Um, he look he's 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 up to two seventy. Owen Miller's just a mess, Zach. It, it's bad, and yeah, uh, he's oh man. And just a hot take for me, I'd rather have Sandy Leone than Luke Maley. I've said that for two weeks now, even before <laughs> even before Leone was on the team. Big just Sandy. From the, just from the eye test, he looks the part more than Luke Maley. That's just me. But uh, yeah, this is this is this is we have. They're basically trying to get to that off day, 
they're limping the pitching staff trying to get that off day on. Well, and that's why we're seeing the DFA carousel with relief yeah. arms. That's why you've got Alex Young, who's up here. Yeah, Alex, which, yeah. I know those of you that were complaining about it, he's not having a bad season. Okay. Just there really was back. no other option because no. they're trying to keep they're trying to keep two uh lefties in the in the pen. That's that was I guess. Well, and you have to have you have to be able to have that. Uh, so there really was no other option. My boy Timmy Heron just got called up Columbus. He's having a rough, a rough get at it. Um, you really are, are out of options, basically, when it comes to left-handed pitching depth. So you know they, they just DFA Tanner Tully. He, he, so they didn't really have another option. Well, and they outrighted Tully. Nobody wanted him because he stinks. Yeah, I'm still waiting for these transactions to be posted. Nothing has been posted. But I, I don't think Alex Young will be here long. I think once they get to that, get to that off day, and maybe even after the doubleheader today, will probably be off the team. They just want to have that extra protection for the doubleheader. Yeah, um, and this is why teams keep an insane amount of pitching depth is for stretches of games like this because when you play the roster carousel game and you're DFAing guys, you have to hope that they clear roster waivers uh, before you can outright them. So for those of you who don't know, and I've talked about this a couple times. In order to be removed from a club's 40-man, the club has to designate you for assignment. What that does is that places you on irrevocable waivers, which means the club, when they put you in that status, cannot remove you from it <clears throat> until 72 hours after they do it. In that time period, you can be claimed by any team. Uh, if multiple teams claim you, whoever had the worst record the previous year, uh, you go to them, and you have to be added to their 40-man. So... Uh, that's the risk in DFAing people. That's why you do not see the club DFA guys like Plesak, Karinchak, uh, Savali. They're obviously <laughs> very capable major league starters, and those are hard to come by. You don't want to give those guys away for free. So, But for Alex Young, on this year, he's not having a bad season. 27 games, 3-0, 3.14 ERA, 28.2 innings pitched. Here's a, a very nice stat, 43 strikeouts to 6 walks. Uh, and a 1.05 whip. So that is not a bad line for a left-handed pitcher in the pen. So. Yeah. But as for, we got a little sidetracked. As for game two, uh, this game, it really just got kind of out of hand. Uh, DLS, like Chuck said, the bullpen is starting to, they're just tired, man. It People are getting hurt. Uh, you're seeing that with uh, Go was it Gozo was on the aisle? Yeah, and this yeah, this was a game. Aisle. This was a game until like the seventh inning. With yeah. it was only a one run game, which to... for the Yankees lineup, that's that's impressive. I mean, folks, this is a lineup that has Lemayhu, Judge, Rizzo, and Stanton, and yeah, Donaldson. You're one through five. The, yeah, then Savali gets taken out for those San, but basically gets taken out for those Santos, and those Santos couldn't hold the runners, and then it gets out of hand. Basically, um, you know, Stanton, Donaldson had a double. It, then, it, then it just got out of hand. And then once, once it was like three to one, you knew four to one. You know, it was, it was over. Yep. Even Isaiah Kanafalefa got got in the got in the got in the fun, and then it was basically a blowout. And they made it fun at the end. They got bases loaded, and uh, but we we weren't able to do anything with it. Yep. So, I mean. And the score in this one is misleading. Uh, like Chuck said, the game just got away late, and there's really nothing you can do about that. 
I wouldn't I don't think the bullpen woes are gonna end. Um because guess what, folks? It's Monday, it's the fourth of July, uh, and the team does not have an off day. what's our next off day? Thir- Thursday? Thursday. Thursday this Thursday. week. Okay. We We're have a three game series. We are limp yes, we are limping to that off day. Uh <laughs> we gotta play three games against Detroit in Detroit. Get the hell out and take an off day, man. Uh, I love baseball just as much as y'all do, but man, uh, this has been a marathon stretch of games. Uh, for the Yanks in this game, a couple things that stuck out. Rizzo is... He's still him. Uh, Stanton went two <laughs> for four. So Rizzo's average is not great. Uh, however, he's been smacking the crap out of the baseball, as has all of his counterparts. But here's the thing, folks. They still strike out a lot. Judge was 0 for 4 in this game, which is immaculate. Struck out twice. Rizzo struck out twice. Uh, and Josh Donaldson continues to look like absolute trash. Uh, and he struck out once. So I I don't have anything else for this game. <laughs> Other than I hate Nestor Cortez so much. Zach, what's your takeaway on Karachek now being on the Major League roster? Oh, well... I don't know, man. He was hot and cold in his rehab start. And this is relevant because Karen Chak was recalled to the club before Sunday's game. I don't yeah. know. Like, I want to like the guy as a baseball player, regardless of how I feel about him personally. But if you no, look you at think, his... What do you think it does to the stability of the, of the back end of the pen? I think they, it gives you your yeah. more definitive setup, man, if he can stay consistent. It will no, prevent... Nobody see, yeah, nobody seems to care. Stefan has, has looked better. He has, but now you have two options. Now you have a seventh guy and an eighth guy. You can bring in Eli Morgan in a high leverage situation to bail out your starter. You now have a multitude of middle relief options to do cleanup, and you've got a little bit more stability on your back end. Here's the thing. Karen Chak has been bipolar. He was either lights out at Columbus and untouchable, or he had massive command issues. Uh, He had multiple outings where he walked three or more batters. If they can get the control piece under control, he does look good. He hasn't lost any life off of his fastball, still sitting 96, 97. He's still got a really good breaking pitch. It could be rough. That's just what that's what happens when guys come back to major leagues off of rehab. Their first couple outings could be rough, but that's part of investing in them to get them back where they need to be. I think it's a good thing. It may not be at first, but I think in the long run for the stability of the back end, this gives you that lights out potential to take you to class A. Yeah, he, he's a strictly two pitch pitcher as it gets, you know, fastball, curveball, but the, the spin on that curveball is nuts uh, when it's on. And and so it really keeps hitters honest on his fastball. And he could just reverse that as well. Um, I'm a little worried about his clubhouse presence because his clubhouse is so young and Karen Check could be a little, you know, psycho sometimes. Um, I'm a little worried about that aspect of it, but all, all the reports, he did have a three scoreless outings in his last three frames. So, well, yeah, hopefully it'll be nice for to have him at the back end. He's We should see him pitch today for sure in the doubleheader. I agree. I agree. So, all right, let's go to Sunday's game. Let me pull it up here. Uh. So anytime you can take at least one out of two from the Yanks, uh, I'm pretty good with that. Um, 
this game was gritty. This was an absolute marathon of a game. Uh, their club, Cleveland had tons of opportunities in order to blow this game wide open, and they couldn't. Uh, so, final score, two to nothing. Tristan gets it Woo! done. That is your boy. Uh, Sticks goes seven on the mound. One hit, one walk, seven strikeouts. That is the only hit the Yankees would get in the entire game. That 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 was the most impressive part. I I, I was thinking to myself, what was this final line? And when I saw one hit, mm. my, my mouth dropped. Seven but innings, my, but, one hit, one walk, seven Ks. Oh, so he's my favorite pitcher. Him and Cal Quantrill, my favorite pitchers to watch on the staff. You know how high I am on uh, McKenzie. Um, I think out of anybody on this staff, his ceiling is the highest. Um. He's he has, he's that one pitcher outside of Bieber, obviously, that is capable of when he's right, just shutting a, 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 a lineup down, just completely just just dominating a game when he's on. Like Quantrill, please tack, they'll like work their way through the lineup. They'll 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 you know the command could be spotty or, but but when McKenzie is on, he can like be lights out, and that's that's what we saw here. You know Zach. You know, he really mixed in that slider more, which we've been talking about. He became a little too pitch heavy with this fastball curveball. So he got his uh, slider a little bit, a little bit more. So he was, you know, it was a little tough to guess on him. Um, he, his at bats versus, versus Donaldson were so fun to watch. Like he threw him like five or four curveballs in that one at bat instead of just relying heavily on his fastball, was commanding that fastball. That's always the cue with him, which we always talk about, Zach. Um, and we talk about him being able to locate that early, and that's what yeah. prevents him from giving up home runs. So his location really was well. Um, he wasn't he wasn't like you know like middle in the zone. He was like you know he was like painting it a little bit, getting in and out, really spinning that curveball. That curveball was money. That was, that may have been the best curveball he had all year. Um, that that was really fun. To, that was really really fun to watch. But when he when he mixes in that slider, and that curveball was on. And that command on his fastball is locating. He can be he could be a, an ace pitcher. He really can. I agree. It's almost like we have two aces on our team because uh, McKenzie's really come around and Bieber has been doing his thing. <clears throat> so I thought this start and the out and the Houston start. Yeah, he had a start with Houston where he only gave up one run in like six seven innings. Yep these these were his best starts of the year. This may, he didn't this look probably, bad in the Colorado outing either. No, he did not. Um, outside of the almost uh, perfect game he threw in Detroit last year, this probably was his, you know, outside of that, this is one, one of the best starts of his career. So it was really, really nice to see. Really encouraging, too, for the staff. This rotation has had some problems recently. This was really encouraging. Yes, absolutely. Always <clears throat> good to get a quality start, especially one that goes seven innings in length. From one of your better pitchers, uh, Eli Cutie Pie Morgan comes in and holds it down. Uh, he'd been banged around a little bit in his last couple outings. However, his changeup was back to where it should be. Uh, he was absolutely lights out. He was doing the thing, uh, striking guys out on his changeup. He comes in and gets a hold, strikes out two. Uh, and then, of course, we have <clears throat> an absolutely fantastic uh, delight of a ninth inning. Not so much if you're a Cleveland fan because the game was on the line. Uh, but Emmanuel Classe came in and he showed why uh, the club paid him so young uh, because oh, he yeah. was put into an extremely 
tough situation. We'll just recap the ninth inning. So uh, Rizzo walked. Stanton reached on the air by Miller. That was absolutely awful. There's no excuse for that. It was a you good throw by Rosario. You, you can't cannot you, drop that throw. It was a routine. It was it was a routine play. Also, yep. it wasn't like a they weren't going to get a double play because of how Rosario had to charge yeah, it. but you and like, at least he, get one. And good for Rosario. He made he made like a conscious decision. Like he, you know, in in baseball, the the, the game speeds up on you sometimes in a play. I'm at Rosario. It was a fast play. He gathered himself and he made the correct decision in getting the sure out. That's, you know, some players just like, you know, try to get, do too much. They go for the double play and sometimes, and you know, Ahmed Rosario, he, he made it. He, he, he saw the role with the situation, made the throw, perfect throw. And Owen Miller just, just screws up. You, you can't do that. Nope. You can't put your team in that position. You can't put Emmanuel Classe, the closer in that position. And once like I'm Zach, I'm, I, I'm watching it live. I'm like, okay, we're going to be okay. And then he dropped it. My heart fell out of my chair. I was, I was standing, so I didn't fall out of my chair. My heart went all the way. To, I couldn't believe it. I was in shock. And then my confidence level went to zero that we're, we were going to get out of it. And, uh, oh, I couldn't believe Owen Miller did that. So I'll uh, keep going, Zach. I just want to say no, you can't, that, that can't happen ever. No, ever. it cannot. It's, and you want to know an even more shocking stat? I looked this up because I was curious. Do you know how many errors the, the club has at first base this year? No. They have eight. Yeah, I was going to, I was, my guess was going to be six. Yep. They have eight errors at first base uh, between the multitude of players that have played the position. So Naylor had, Naylor had some errors early, but he's been better as of late at first. But it's, it's really, uh, you can't, it's just really, you can't have that, Zach. It's, 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 you learn that in like a ball or even high school, that kind of, that kind of play, you know, it's, that's as routine as it gets, especially late in games. You, you can't, it can't happen. It just can't. I 110% agree with you, but class a shows you why he is so good because he can take that defensive adversity uh, and he can do the thing. So uh, your marquee matchup in this game uh, I thought it was fitting that you know Judge pinch hit and face Classe. Yeah, Judge got I, the better of him. He walked. So That's okay. How much of that was pitch to him, but don't pitch it, but don't give him anything to hit. Kind of, kind of pitch to him. You know what I mean? I think it was limited matchup size because I think if Classe and Judge faced each other more, I think Classe would have challenged Judge a little bit more. No, Instead, I agree with it was that, like think, it was a little bit more of like a... see if he'll swing. I think given the yeah, given the game situation, maybe like once they got behind the count, they're just gonna walk them. Uh, the old unintentional, intentional. Yeah, I, I mean, I was screaming, "Walk him!" Like, like Zach, <laughs> just give him the free pass. I, I was at work and I screamed, "Walk him!" Like, I, I, that, I, I, I can't control my emotions during the game. Uh, I, <laughs> I, I'm serious. I'm, I'm at work and like people are, I you're walk him. I was because I don't know what, what. There's no reason to pitch to him. Nope, really. absolutely none. All right. Yeah. However, that was my way of thinking. He gets out of it. He gets Hicks to hit a weak ground ball to Jimenez. Jimenez makes a nice clean throw to first. And in the words of Matt Underwood, book it. Uh, really good game overall. Final line for Cleveland two runs, seven hits, and error. The error was Miller's dropped uh drop throw. Yankees, no runs on one hit, uh, two errors. Their errors were Connor Falefa had a throwing error. 
and Torres had a throwing error. Uh, very rare. Torres is not so much a defensive-friendly second baseman, but uh, IKF plays a borderline gold glove, so to see him make a throwing error is very uncharacteristic of him. So, anytime you can get one out of three from the Yankees, especially when they are the juggernaut that they are at 58-22, and 22, uh, you like to be able to hand them a loss just to remind them that, yes, they are a baseball team, and anybody can show up <laughs> on any given Sunday and especially in this case on a Sunday, and beat anybody. Some standouts from the lineup for this one. Uh, I said earlier, Fran Mill is starting to look better, and if you needed proof of that, Fran Mill had both of the RBIs for this game. <laughs> he, had um, the, he had the solo homer where he muscled a curveball that was down that he was out in front of over the left field fence. Uh, yeah, you got to be really so strong nice to do that. that you got to be so really nice strong to, to do that. Yeah. And then well, he had a very nice opposite uh field single that got through the hole at second base to score Rosario, especially after that weird play where where Quan was tagged out at the plate and Arias got caught in no man's land. Uh Framil picked the team up, put him on his back, and bizarre play. got the run. That, that was a that was, yeah, that was a bizarre play. I will chalk that up to a rookie mistake because it's it's gonna happen. It's gonna it's it, he's got he he's he's like 23, 20, 20, 22. It's gonna happen, you know. And that's why we well, need young Juan players. Almost beat the play at home. He did. Yeah, I, I thought he was at, at live. I thought he was. I thought he was. I thought he may have snuck the hand in there. It was I, a bang I, bang I, play during. And I, I was surprised they didn't challenge because it was so late in the game, but. Like, I thought he beat it, like, watching it live. But Arias, he's just a young player, and that's why we need young players up at the major league level instead of Oscar fucking Mercado in <laughs> versus lefties. He's back. I'm going to go, uh, you know what, I'll, I'll, save, I'll save the ripping on the front office moves till after we get recapping this doubleheader. All right, so I do not have anything for the rest of the Yankees series, so we're going to take a quick break and set up a new meeting, uh, and we'll go into mailbag because y'all sent us a bunch of fun questions this week. The so Guardians looking... beat the Yankees 2-0. I'll take it any day. So 2-0. <laughs> One hit shutout. Yep, love to see it. So we'll take a break here, and we're going to come right back and go straight into mailbag. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, we're back for part two of this podcast recording, and we're going to do mailbag. You guys sent us some pretty fun questions this week, but while I organize uh, the questions, Chuck is going to give some opening thoughts. So this year was supposed to be about finding out what we have in our 40-man, in our, in our depth, in our 40-man roster, in our, in our minor league system. We currently have... I think three outfielders that are better than what we have at the major league level. We and we, you know what we do? We throw up and we give up and we sign Oscar Mercado. We claim him back from when we cut him, and the at, after the Phillies played him for I think one game. What? No, one. He at had bat, one at one at bat and one, one strikeout. I'm sorry. So we bring back Oscar Mercado. Why is that? So the obvious answer is we we need a right-handed bat. Why couldn't Alex Call get that chance, Zach? 
I don't know, man. And you'd think that they'd be wanting to look at Call because he's been in the farm for a little like, bit. Come he's on, little just, older. Give, just, just give him a call, Zach. I'm gonna, I'm gonna give you a. a this is my July Fourth stat of the day. Oscar Mercado has an OPS versus left-handed pitching of four eighty-two. Oh my god! He has an on-base percentage. Zach, what do you you want to guess? Two something. 218. He has a batting average of 189. He has a slugging percentage of 264. You know what we call that? Trash. Embarrassing. Trash. But like, what? he fits the defensive versatility in the uh, outfield. Zach, He's uh, the Ernie know. Clement of the outfield. I don't want to hear that. So we're, <laughs> that, that's, probably, that's probably what this is about, by the way, keeping Ernie out of left field. This shouldn't be our. This shouldn't be what we're. Tra- Why can't we watch Nolan Jones play baseball today? Why, Why can't, can't we, do we that? watch Alex Call play baseball today? Alex Call, Will Brennan, no anybody. Okay, I understand the Will Brennan thing because he, he's he probably has not going to be up realistically. For he a has while. only been at AAA for a little bit, but he is screaming. Okay, Columbus just ended their series versus the Iowa Cubs last night. Do you know how many hits he had in the series? Now, granted, remind you. It is a six-game series because the minor leagues are doing this thing where they play teams in six-game series so they don't have to travel as much. Do you know how many hits he had for the series? He had, tw- I... he had 12. Wow. I knew he had I knew he had 12 one. hits in six games. Zach, what? I get it that Will Brennan's not on the 40-man roster and he's only been in AAA a short time. He's why really can't we young. Watch... But Zach, why can't we watch Nolan Jones play baseball today? Explain well, it to me. I wish, dude. I wish I knew because, like, you know, Todd Paquette, guy that runs Guardians Perspective, posted, "Don't expect the club to rush him." Uh, I also don't think the club There's was expecting. Rush. I also been... don't think the club was expecting him to have a 950 OPS and just be obliterating baseballs for a guy that hasn't played in what two seasons. Zach, Zach, we look like idiots. We literally have two to three outfielders. I know. Maybe even, you know what, Zach? Will Benson's having a, a pretty decent year at AAA also. Well, and you think and they'd he, want to see him too because you want, yeah, if you were going to trade him, if he wasn't part of your team yeah, division, at least try to get him some major league at-bats so, to build his Zach, trade value. We, uh, we may have four outfielders that are better than us. I, I think all four outfielders are better alternatives than Oscar Mercado. Four! You can't do that, Zach. What are you doing? Why would you bring back Oscar Mercado? This year is supposed to be about what we what we need to see in the in the system, and that's what they do. Given an opportunity, you can't you can't just call up Alex Paul, let him make it to the show. You can't bring just just bring up Nolan Jones, bring him up for the doubleheader like they did Gabriel Arias, and then send him down. What are you doing? Excuse me, what are you doing? And then and then, Gabriel Arias yesterday. What the hell was that? Why was he bad in third? Where did that come from? Well, yeah, that came, out of, that came that came out of pie in the sky. I don't know what the hell that was. I, that you know, we, we protect our young punt. players. We bat third, and then and then we look like idiots because they pitch around him at Rosario, and then he's then then he, then he just gets exposed. That was that, that. I felt bad for him yesterday. That wasn't that wasn't right what they did. Yeah, I get it. He's he's a professional baseball player, but you're batting him third in his fourth professional, fifth fourth or fifth professional game. Put him in like the seven spot versus the Yankees. What are you doing? Yeah. Put him in a spot where there's no pressure. So you can't do that, Zach. Well, and he had only had 26 at bats at AAA since coming back from his hand injury, and he was cold. 
so so we're trying to bring along bring along I'm sorry bring along our a top five prospect and we we're we're batting him third with basically no protection versus the Yankees in his fifth career fifth career game. What the hell are we doing? I'm sorry, I, I had to get off to get that off my chest. <laughs> no, you're not wrong because if you pay attention to the farm system, like when I did the watch along for the Clippers game this past Thursday, like their lineup, man, it just it hits their offense is absolutely incredible. It's all guys that could be, or are close to being major league ready. Uh, and it's frustrating to watch us, uh, <laughs> give roster spots to guys that don't contribute. So let's go into something more fun. I sent out, uh, the mailbag tweet last night. Uh, I asked for some not so serious questions this week because I feel like we need something a little more lighthearted because this is the second week in a row that we've had to recap a not so fun series. So without further ado, we'll go into the questions that you guys sent us and we're going to start with my favorite that was sent this week. It was sent by our favorite troll account, always the Jake. (laughs) What is holding Tito back from using Ernie Clement as an opener? (laughs) I'll let Uh, you start this one. Um, the fact that Tito doesn't like openers, that, that may be it. It, 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 I'm serious. We don't, we don't do openers in Cleveland, Zach. Only if we absolutely need to, we're in an emergency beyond emergency situation, we'll do an opener, but we don't do openers in Cleveland. But outside of that, I think that we love Ernie Clement so much. He may even have a shot at it. Um, no, Tito, look. Ernie Clement is the Tito guy, and I'm I I've been consistent from the start. I I I like the versatility he brings to the roster, but if you use him in the correct way, then it's fine to have on your bench, but not the way we're using him now. And watching him pitch, you know, he has you know given us two innings. It's helped the bullpen, you know. Give him credit. I agree. Um, <laughs> it would be funny. I think it would be funny to see Clement as an opener, but uh, guess what? We already have enough things that this club does that takes makes us think that they're not so serious. Uh, but you know what? Screw it. I would love to see Ernie as an opener in a game. As for what's holding Tito back... Depends what game we're talking about. It, yeah. I mean, I don't know, man. We just saw them straight up punt game one of a doubleheader versus the Yankees. So... Anything is Zach, possible? Question mark. I I I, I want to be nice to Ernie, but Zach. Guess I'm not trying o- to get in his crosshairs. Zach, get, guess Ernie's OPS right now. It's probably pretty bad. It's like three something, isn't it? Four sixty four. Not not. I mean, it's, it's totally not okay. So it's it's not nightmare territory. His slugging, Zach, is bad. What do you think it is? Two something. 216. <laughs> what do you think is on base percentages? Well, if it's, I mean, it's, it's also two something. 248. Yeah, 248. Yeah, and man. his batting average it's went one up a something. Bit, 189. I mean, he's just below the Mendoza line. I, I'll say this, though. I'd rather have him than Owen Moore right now on, on the 26 man roster. I, I, I'll tell you what. I like Ernie. He's a good dude. Uh, if you if you've ever seen any of his interactions on Twitter, he's he the man. he is he loves to interact with fans. He understands their frustrations. You know uh, what I love that about he is, he is the biggest troll that exists. You know what I love about athletes when they when they like use their platform the correct way 
and don't like think too highly of themselves. It like, builds yeah. the game. Yeah, it, it makes the them. Like, it makes them more. It helps us see them as everyday like people. Ernie Clement shitting shitting on on our guys yesterday. That was like, you know, you for those have... of for those of you who missed it. Two one six baseball had been trying to get Ernie in their DMs for a while. He finally showed up. No, and so the, com- then they posted, the conversation uh, that occurred did not disappoint. And then the post, then they posted the DFA, uh, the DFA uh, meme with the uh, with Bobby Bradley, Mercado, Ujeg, yeah, and um, so you got to have fun with that, and, and so and they did, and I love that when athletes use their platforms and the, and like they don't, you know, they don't like think too highly of themselves where they can't interact with fans. I, I, I it builds the game, yeah, and you and know that's what I like about Ernie because he is willing to acknowledge that the fans are frustrated, but here's the thing. If you're going to go after him and talk shit, you got to be able to back it up because he is going to bring the heat. Hey, you got to be able to take it. If you want. Oh yeah. I mean, here's the thing. We, we are not as vocally critical in tweets about Ernie as others are a certain individual, uh, I just individuals this, i just tweeted like a few minutes ago for the record i want i want my position cemented i like er- ernie over owen right now on the 26 man roster well and here's I, the thing I like i that. like i always say like if you guys listen to this and you think that any of us like genuinely dislike these players as people like y'all are not listening to what we're saying like they're all fantastic dudes none of us like mercado because he doesn't contribute to the team winning none of us like clement because he's taking up a roster spot over people that we believe would help the team more okay that doesn't mean they're bad dudes they're great guys oscar fantastic dude super humble in all of his interviews uh does did a lot of great charity work in cleveland you will you will be hard pressed to go to another team's fan base and find a guy that interacts with fan bases on twitter like ernie clement does yeah um, it's, just, it's great for the game of baseball like you see it and it's like aaron judge and joey Votto. yeah like, like that well joey Votto, man when he interacts with people on twitter that's like that's like the premiere that is the standard yeah he, he's also like really cool on the field too yeah he's um, a great dude and he's like, and he's like revered in Cincinnati, also. Well, and you um, talk about Joey Votto. What was it the other day? He hit a home run. He was talking to a little kid that was sitting behind the net at home plate. Yeah. Uh, and he he went up and he hit a home run in the at bat, and he made sure he stopped by the kid and gave him a high five on his way back to the dugout. And uh, Framo Reyes yesterday, just just an example, like when, yep. when he rounds when he hits the home run, he goes to the netting and slaps five at the bat. That's awesome. A big guy like that, larger than life, amazing personality. And and you just see the kid in him, and it, it, that was so awesome. A uh, really cool story. Just think we're on the subject. I know we're getting a little bit sidetracked. Okay. Kristen Pache um, of the Oakland A's, uh, Oakland Athletics, um, a, a fan, a young fan, uh, I believe, sent him a tweet. Um, I'm going to the game tomorrow. You're my favorite player. I uh, would love to meet you. And then Christian Pache, I believe, either s- s- sent him a message. Uh, uh, lo- I would love to absolutely send me uh, your father's number and uh, we'll love to, and we'll love to see you guys on the field. And then they took a picture together and, and they spoke on the field for like, like 10 minutes. That is so awesome. You know, oh, that those is- are, those are the memories that stick with people like yeah. for the rest and, of their and lives. The kid, and, and, and the kid is going to remember that like the rest of his life, like, so, like seriously. So like just stuff like that really, I really love about, I love about athletes when they use their platform the right way. Just want to, you know, share that story. I agree. So, Clem's a good dude. We love him. Uh, he can take the smack talk and he can bring the heat. That's why we love him. Uh, he guess what? He is still better at the game of baseball than all of us. Period. Dot. 
So <laughs> let's uh, let's go ahead and move on. Uh, so there's waiting, some... for these, waiting for these roster moves to be announced. That hasn't. I know. I've been yet. refreshing the page. Um. Okay. Jump to 2024. John sent us this one. Jump to 2024. Who's your starting question. rotation? It is. I thought about this last night, so I'll go first. <clears throat> so I think by this point, Bieber is traded. Uh, ding, because, ding, 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 ding. Yep, Bieber gets traded uh, because the club has enough pitching depth to fill out the five-man pitching rotation probably four times over. All right, 2024. Your ace is Tristan McKenzie. Your, your number two, my guy, Daniel Espino. Now, I think it's everyone's that's, guy, Zach. That's, that's if, if, if. Espino can come back and pitch a majority of the remaining double A season. Uh, they're being very quiet about his injury. So number you, three, you think they would hold him down till 2024. I think so. Yeah. I mean, heck he could be up in 2023. If he comes back and pitches strong and finishes the year at triple a starts next year, at triple right. a, and then comes up in September. Right. Okay. Uh, but as for like making the team out of camp, 2024 Espino is an absolute lock. Uh, number three, Xavier Curry. Yes, that's my like, favorite. That's, that's my favorite prospect in the entire yep, system. Yep, and he he has looked very very good. And you know what? I'm gonna go on a crazy sleeper. Not even a sleeper. It's just I, it'd I be have a, a super. Prediction. I have I have a prediction. Okay, because I still got two more. Okay, Battenfield. All right, so I was gonna go Battenfield for the four. Yeah, good Gav- start by the way on his last time out. And Gavin Williams for for the five. He did have a very good start. He had his season high strikeouts. He struck out seven, walked one in his last. So McKenzie, Espino, Curry, Battenfield, Gavin Williams. And guess what? There's also a possibility that Tanner Bybee, if he keeps destroying hitters, could possibly be in that mix too. The farm wow. system is loaded, dude. There's and we didn't even I didn't even talk about Hunter Gaddis. Uh he's gonna get traded. I I think he, well guess what it's like it's like Todd sent out he's like you have a guy who is almost averaging double digit strikeouts per nine innings he's gonna get traded not yeah. in the conversation so let's they, hear they your know thoughts. that they know they're not gonna have the room to protect them and they know that he's a major league starter so he's gonna he he's like a perfect addition to a package that you're gonna go out to use to try to acquire um 2024 so I thought about this last night I for the record. I love it in in pos in podcast like orient centric questions, but when we like you know when we're in like first place in the in the, in the division and we wake up to tweets predict the Guardians starting lineup in twenty twenty four or twenty twenty five I hate it so much, but I love it in like podcast like you know centered type conversation. I'm going Daniel Espino, who is the greatest pro- pitching prospects in CC Sabathia. Yep, uh, he's a flamer. I- I'm going Gavin Williams, number two. I think there's an outside chance we see Gavin Williams next year. That's how much he's been. That's how crazy he's been this year. Um, so I'm splitting hairs between Tristan McKenzie and Kyle Quantrill, but I'm going McKenzie. I just love Quantrill so much. Um, now, this is this is where it gets tough. I'm stuck between Logan Allen and Xavier Curry. I didn't and, even mention Logan Allen. I mean, yeah, <laughs> it's ridiculous. Yeah. Um, so I'm 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 at three. I'm going, I'm going Logan Allen, 
number four. Okay. Number, th- number four, and then I'm going someone who you didn't say either, Joey Cantillo. Well, and that's the thing. It's like this and, team has all of these guys. And Xavier like, Curry, the you know the fit, the sixth swing man. Yeah, if he's starter, still on yeah. the team. Yeah. Um, it's crazy because the farm system is stacked with guys that are like two through four quality caliber starters and not all of them are going to get to make the team. Like it's uh, just the way it is. A couple Chuck, of guys. we need. Yeah. Zach. I'm here. So it's like you said, it's like some of those guys get traded just because you don't want to lose them to rule five. Yeah. A couple of guys we need to point out. Um, Tanner Beebe, who is insane right How now. How do you say his last name? Cause I've heard it. Beebe I've heard it. Bybee. I've heard both. Is I've heard so I'm going by because Justin the great Justin Lana who I who who I'm beyond loyal to says uh like I swear by those guys Willie Hood and Justin Lana they're my Latta. go-to yeah Justin Lana and Willie are the best and best in business I'll say I'll say that forever um he I think he pronounced him Tanner Bybee if I'm not mistaken but he is insane Zach he, his fastballs has increased to 97 98 and he touches 99 100. And he well, has I watched legit- the game that he threw against Dayton. He hit 100 multiple times. Wow. So That's he has le- he has a legitimate four-pitch mix with up with uh, above-average command. He's got an 80 of those- out of 80 grade fastball. Yeah, so if one of those secondary offerings like elevates and pops, look out. Like because with, you know, it, it look out if one of those uh, secondary offerings become above become like above average. That that, that cuz that could be he could be crazy. Um He's going to be a top top ten prospect probably next season if I, if, if I had to guess um, by next season's rankings. Oh yeah, absolutely. With all the prospects still yet to make their debuts this year, yeah. Uh, Will Dion, Ethan Hankins is someone that, uh, and Carlos Vargas. People people are just writing him off to a bullpen role, but he has starter his, potential. Yeah, he definitely has starter potential. And he looked, and I think he's throwing in the Arizona complex, right? Or no, he's with Double A Akron now. Yeah, so. People just just throw him in the just have them just throwing him in the bullpen due to his uh, you know fastball slider, but you know and his forty man status. I, I still think they're going to try to attempt to stretch him out and and work and try to develop him as a starter and see what happens then. That is a big name to watch next season, folks. Carlos Vargas. Yep. Well, heck, uh, I know that Todd said not to rush him, but given that he was sent on a rehab assignment to Double A, I don't think it's entirely impossible that. You know, we could see him when rosters expand. Uh, he, and he does have to be added to the 40 man at the end of his rehab stint. Yeah, I do so, think Joey Cantillo and Xavier Curry are, are, you know, pick pick which one because I think, you know, both of those guys are, you know, Joey Cantillo was part of the Mike Clevenger trade. So he is, uh, you know, big boy lefty, fastball changeup. Uh, uh, he's really, really, and that fastball is, touching 95 so he's really work, working at it and that change up is one of the best pitches in the system so he's re- he I, he has a really high ceiling if he, he just had some injuries last year but if he stays healthy he has a really high up he's a really high upside pitcher um so lefties just take a, a while to to develop yeah he's a really high high upside pitcher and uh i i just love Xavier curry um he, Nine strikeouts in his Triple A debut. Yeah, his secondary offerings aren't that great. His slider is starting to come along, but his fastball it uh, has so much riding action. It's not like your classic ninety seven, ninety eight. It's more like ninety four, ninety five, but it has incredible riding action. 
and his command is is again is up there and best and one of the best in the system i agree and it's like we said we could spend more time on this but we've got a bunch of other questions to answer yeah. uh there's so much pitching depth in this organization like it is insane okay we've we could we could go on and on about that we could spend another 45 minutes talking about it um okay i would like to hear some john sent us another one i'd like to hear some mock trades that you and chuck would like for the guardians at the trade deadline so you've thought a lot about this and i have too so you go first Zach. okay so the popular one out there is brian reynolds yes and david bedner here's the thing i don't think I don't think the Pirates give him up unless we give them a one of our three top pitching prospects and b possibly George Valera. I don't know about y'all, but I want to see George Valera in a Cleveland uniform uh, because he started cold at Double A this year and he has been destroying uh, the baseball since probably what last month. So I I don't know. Actually, I need to think on this one for a second. So you're gonna have to take this one to start. So. I have, I'm not like the guy that I just don't see us going out and just trading our, our top 10, our five, like four top 10 prospects for Brian Reynolds. I, I, I see us just adding bullpen help. I've been screaming David Bednar's name since before the season. Remember, trading for relievers is a tricky slope. I agree with you, but the, but the bullpen depth isn't there, Zach. No. It's not. Well, and it's not um, there internally either. Yeah, so I like I like Nick Inwright for the record. I, um, Nick Mikolakchuk's having a, a tough season uh, in terms of a uh, velocity and stuff like that. I, I would make the trade for David Bednar. I would. Now, would I attach George Valera in that trade? Absolutely not. But I would definitely touch our our um our middle infield depth, and that's what's going to eventually have to happen here. So I would do. I think it's a four prospect package. I would do Freeman, Tana, Hunter Gaddis, and then I would just uh, throw in like a like a high upside guy, like maybe maybe Ethan Hankins, because or or even even Tanner Burns, because I don't think they're gonna have enough roster, they're gonna have enough space to roster these guys. So yeah. I wouldn't I wouldn't touch. I wouldn't touch Rocchio, Arias, Valara, or Espino. I meant, I meant Valera. I would, I would do Tyler Freeman, Jose Tana, Hunter Gaddis. Well, Tana is um, a nice sleeper. He is. I, I just don't think there's, there's room for him, Zach. He is. No, no, Zach. Nobody talks about Jose Tana. Nobody. No. And he's like, and he's literally like the youngest player in Double A, and he's, and he's, he's handling himself well. Yes, he is. Um, but he, he, he's just someone that I just don't think he's going to play in Cleveland. I, I just, I just don't see it. I would try to, I, w- I, w- I would try to hang on to Joe Kenzie Noel as much as you can, as much as risky as his profile is. You know, like those classic. Oh, he um, is okay. He is a beast. <laughs> yes. I I was on the fence about him because his strikeout percentage for a while it's the first baseman profile basically was over thirty you know? percent. Yeah, but holy moly! Ever since he has gotten to well, double A, he, double is, a. <laughs> he is golfing the baseball, my guy. Uh, they just played a series versus the Erie Seawolves. Uh, the Seawolves play in probably one of the more unique double-A parks and the fact that their left field wall is 
almost as tall as the green monster is in Boston because there actually are no left field seats in that park. There's uh, a hockey arena, which borders the baseball field. And so hence the tall wall, uh, he hit, what was it? Four home, five, six home runs or five home well, runs. One of them five the home runs in, also. Yeah. Five home runs in three games. One of them went onto the roof of the arena across the street. Uh, he hit one to dead center. Uh, and if you go and watch the highlights, he can hit fastballs down the middle. He hit a curveball inside and golfed it. Uh, he went out and fished a pitch low and sent it to the deepest part of the park. Uh, and he was able to hit the fastball elevated. That is lethal in terms of hitting profile, being able to adjust your height and get a nice clean swing on it. Uh, I want to keep him. However, <clears throat> with Naylor potentially solidifying himself long-term, I yeah. could see them but, but dangling need, him. Yeah. But for the record, he's where he's very athletic for a first baseman. So he's been getting work in the outfield and third base. Just want to, I know he's not playing third, but I just want to put that out there for context of the conversation. I, I agree. Yeah. So, but my... that is my package. I wouldn't touch the top four: Rocchio, Arias, Valera, and Espino. I would do Freeman, Jose Tena, Tanner Burns, and Hunter Gaddis for um, David Bednar. That is and, uh, quite the and, haul. And uh, Crow and Crow. There's the the reliever. You see, remember when when they tr- acquired Brad Hand? People forget we got Adam Simber from that trade. So yep. when you trade for a reliever and you get and you give up four prospects, you're going to usually get another reliever. Major League Baseball ready reliever too, so uh, Will Crow is uh, uh, will be part of my mock pack package. I'll make right. our, our buddy at Jeff uh, MLB happy because he's right. been throwing so, out that name for like three weeks. So I'll do mine. Uh, I posted this tweet a little bit ago, maybe a couple weeks ago at this point. Chips in on Juan Soto. Oh yeah, okay. I want to hear um, this. So Soto is in a weird spot with the Nats because if you followed any of the news that's come out in the last couple days or so, uh, they're not exactly sure if Soto is going to be able to get an extension done um, because the Nats ownership is looking to sell the team. Uh, They are not exactly the most keen on being mid-sale and committing a large contract to Juan Soto that new ownership would have to take on that they are potentially unhappy with. That's so it's just the speculation. Re- it was reported over the weekend that Juan Soto declined three a three hundred and sixty five million dollar contract. Oh my Please. goodness, dude! Zach, how about how about you? Are you able to? Would you be able to bet on yourself for over three hundred sixty five million dollars? <laughs> okay, you know what? I take it back because I don't want to ship the farm for a year and a half rental. I completely retract my statement because we are not well, no, going to pay be... him what he's worth. No, it would be two years. I think he has two. He has two more years left. Which pretty much means we would have to solidify our contention window to be at our most competitive next year. Boy, that's Zach, I, Juan Soto for two years in this lineup with Jose Ramirez. Zach, I, I would, I would sell the farm. I would. I would. Okay, I you know would. what? I said what I said. I'm in on it. All right, here's my package for Juan Soto. All right? The Nats are gonna not going to give him up cheap. All right? Cannot, absolutely cannot trade Daniel Espino or George Valera. Anybody else is on the table at this point. So when I look at things that the Nats need and that they need now, I'm going to do a sign-in trade for Shane Bieber. I'm going to sign Bieber to... million contract and I'm going to trade him. Uh, That's or 
the the it'll be like the Braves did where they traded for Olsen and then they signed him. Okay. I'm Shane Bieber. They need, they need everything. So they need middle infield help. Uh, I want to give them the most major league baseball ready, uh, piece that we have that probably does not fit on their team or doesn't fit at least in our team right now. Uh, I'm going to give them Tyler Freeman. So we got Bieber Freeman. That's already huge because Freeman is major league ready and he is extremely underrated. I'm going to ship them. Who else? They're going to want a power profile. So I'm going to trade them. John Kenzie Noel. And I, they need a shortstop. So I will trade them as much as I hate to say it because I like him a lot. Rokio. Uh, he, he has the most upside in terms of infielders. Yep. Of anybody in this upside. He, he, Zach, he could be 30, 30 player. Well, and he he started to come alive at Double A in the last week. He's yeah. he's found that nice sweet swing that he has. Uh, switch switch hitter too. Yep, huge upside. That that is a painful package for me to talk about giving up. But so you have gonna, to understand what Soto brings to a team. Yeah, I'm going to counter. You see, I'm I'm realistic. I know I'm not signing him to a fruit. I'm not signing him. I don't care who's coming in as a, as as a partner. In terms of ownership, we're not re-signing Juan Soto. That will never happen in our lifetimes, and it's not going to happen now. So we're trading for two years control. That is it. That is it. And I'm and I'm happily acquiring the two years of control, nothing more. Now knowing that, now knowing my windows right now in the Jose Ramirez's is prime years, Zach. Don't forget that part too. That's big. Yep. In his prime years. We're gonna add Juan Soto to this lineup. I am selling the entire farm. The entire farm. I am giving George Valera. I am I, Zach. It gets bigger. I'm going. I'm giving up one. I'm. I'm going to give up Gavin Williams because I'm not going to give up Espino. That is the one guy I won't touch. Untouchable. Yeah, that is one, because we're acquiring Juan Soto, so he's our everyday right fielder, Zach. So you got so Valera. You know, we do the math. Stephen Kwan. Juan Soto. I mean, I guess I'd love to see Kwan be the fourth outfielder with Valera and left. Zach, Stephen Kwan is a damn good leadoff hitter right now. Yes, he is. Uh, he can't know, we, sit. So, I mean, I'm projecting that in this trade. So, George Valera, Gavin Williams, Jose Tana, Tanner Burns, and I, it, that's my offer. And 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 you know what? I'll and if and if they and if they say no. I would almost even include Tyler Freeman in that trade. I would give five for one for two years service of Juan Soto because he maximizes Jose Ramirez's prime years and our contention window. That is Zach. That is the most the chips on the table. That is the best trade that we can do to get a, to bring us a world series to Cleveland. I agree. That's, that's a pretty, that's a pretty heavy package. You gotta, you gotta give to get Zach at some, at some point, some of these prospects are going to go. Well, and the reality is too, like, so it's it's good for the Nats because you're not loading them with guys that are already on the forty man that have to be added to the forty man. Uh, the prospects that we're trading them, they can be outrighted to the minor league system under minor league contracts uh, because their contract has never been purchased uh, to be on a major league forty man roster. So I think that's a really balanced trade package, and I like that a lot. Uh, so I have another one. See, okay. You see- you're, you're, you're like the big fish, Zach. I don't like big fish trades. 
Everyone likes to talk about Brian Reynolds and Sean Murphy. I don't want to do that. I want to right, do... let's let's hear your uh, sleeper. <laughs> so I'm going Anthony Bass. Anthony Bass. He is reliever for the Miami Marlins. He is under club control through next season. So we have a year and a half control. So year and a half control, you think what? Top twenty prospect, you know, twenty ish around you know, around there, eighteen, twenty. Yep. I'll I would give up I would I would give up. I'm sorry, your boy Peyton Battenfield. I'm sorry. That's Zach. okay. That's okay. Or because that it has to be somebody on the forty uh, uh, that you have to roster next season. So Peyton Badfield just is right in that area where he's the top twenty prospect. He's number eighteen on lb.com and he has to be rostered next season. So so that is why I refuse to in- include Xavier Curry in any package because he's my favorite prospect. So I'm going. Yeah, I'm doing Jordan ba- Peyton Badfield for Anthony Bass. I know it's at some point you, these players are getting traded. And the and and re, bullpen is our biggest need, and another one, Jorge, uh, Jorge uh, Lopez, Jorge Lopez out of the uh, Baltimore Orioles. Unfortunately, he lost two straight games to the Minnesota Twins this weekend, blew yeah. two saves in a row. Uh, I would give up a pretty good package for him, but Anthony Bass is an under the radar, year and a half control, top. You don't have to give up a crazy package, and. I, Bullpen help is going to have to happen from outside the organization. People could scream for uh, any, like, you know, there's the, the bullpen internal help is not there. It's just not, especially at back, especially back end guys. I mean, the best reliever at Columbus is probably Nick Einright, and he just got there. He looks fine. He looks yeah. fine, but he's not, a, he's not a back end reliever. Zach. No, no, he, he's more of like a, he's more of middle a middle relief and middle relief. You know, finesse command guy. All right. Um, I got one for you. I got one last one. My non obvious big fish trade remember, candidate. A- Anthony Bass. You heard it here. Anthony Bass. <laughs> I like that. I like that. Um, okay, so actually I'll give two. Uh I could see the club trading with Baltimore for either Anthony Santander or Trey Mancini. Possibly. Mancini's yeah, so got I'm, a year left in Mancini arbitration. Too, yeah. Uh Mancini has a club op- option. He does. Incredible story. Beat cancer, has not regressed, still bats in the mid-200s. Good power. Uh, he walks. Anthony Santander, uh, a very quiet sleeper corner outfield candidate. Obviously, we've seen a lot of shuffling in right field this year. Santander gives you good defensive versatility. He's a switch hitter. Uh, love his profile. He walks. He gets on base. He can smack the ball for power. However, those are maybe still a little bit more obvious candidates. I want Garrett Cooper from the Marlins. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, 30, That's... 31 year old, 31 year old, uh, about to be 32. He's got a year of arbitration remaining this year. He can play second base. He can play first. He's batting 315 and 251 at bats. He's slugging 462 for an OPS of 842. Uh, I could see us trading uh, Ahmed Rosario to them to play alongside mm-hmm. Jazz Chisholm. Uh, I think Ahmed would be a really good fit for what the Marlins are trying to rebuild their team into. Uh, They're trying to build that mix of power and speed. Uh, We've seen Ahmed be able to get on base. He's been able to hit for some power as of late. I think that complements what they want. In order to get Garrett Cooper from them, I think we have to give up uh, maybe not so much as one of our high-profile pitching pieces. I think they're going to want a guy like Hunter Gaddis or Xavion Curry. 
uh, and they're going to probably want one of, if not both, uh, Ahmed Rosario and Tyler Freeman. Uh, they don't have room for both of them, so I could see them potentially asking for maybe like an outfield depth guy like Alex Call. Uh, Will Brennan is not on the table to be traded to them right now because I think he has potential to be on this team in the future. Uh, and if the club is smart, they'll hang on to him. So those are mine. I, like I said, the floodgates are wide open. Uh, this month is going to tell us a lot about what the club will be prioritizing. Uh, and just for the record, just by. for context... Um, for I'm acquiring Trey Mancini. I forgot about him because he does have the additional year of control, and he is a right-handed bat that can play first base, first base or the outfield. He'd probably fit in the outfield more, but he would get his share, fair share because Naylor is going to DH a lot more in the future. But I, I would definitely give up a. a t- Who would you give up for Trey Mancini alone, standing still, Zach? Uh, by itself, right off the bat. So the Orioles need middle infield help. You're Tyler uh, they, Freeman, is that what you're thinking? Yep. Uh, actually, they need a shortstop. So I'm not sure. Uh, eh, well, no, their shortstop's not too bad. They need a second baseman. So I'd give them Tyler Freeman. I think when you're a team that young and you're trying to just acquire talent, you really just want the best. You want the available. best available yeah. that can yeah. slot in immediately. Yeah. So I would give them I, Tyler, I would do Freeman. Tyler Freeman for Trey Mancini. I would also, I would do a two for one. I would trade uh, Hunter Gaddis. Yeah. Hunter Gaddis is unfortunately the odd man out in the pitching stuff. So it is what it is. But that would be a fair return. I feel like you're getting an yes. established major league bat. Good defense at first base can DH right handed, uh, hits for average, can walk, not terrible on strikeouts. That's a pretty fair trade. You have to remember that. Uh, that was a fun question. It was, and there's more we could talk about. So, so always lots of fun hypothetical trade hypotheticals. We could go on and on and on. Uh, there's going to be a lot of sellers this year. The Diamondbacks are probably going to be looking to sell. Uh, they need to keep acquiring Young Town as part of their rebuild. We 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 should probably mention catcher because that's probably everyone's most. Itchy I don't need. think we trade for one. I think the club is content. I think the club is content to so ride out. I think I think they love hedges more than anybody loves to admit. Yeah. And Bo Naylor, Bo Naylor's timeline has accelerated, accelerated significantly. Oh yeah. So I think they. I think Ned Hedges comes back next year, and they'll they'll promote Naylor within the first few months of the season. And, so, just pick, and maybe Labastida or someone else just. I just think Labastida is the backup next year. Yeah, I think he just fills in the bridge till Naylor's ready. Yep, uh, Labastida. You've heard me talk about it. He is not a defense first catcher. Um, however, he does swing a decent bat. Uh, if you guys want some fun stuff on why you should be excited about Naylor, he is in his time. My. Goodness. Uh, so in 10 games at AAA Columbus and 40 at bats. Now that's an extremely small sample size. Okay. I generally consider anything under 60 at bats to be outlandish. Oh boy. He is batting 300. He is on base at 408, slugging 550 for an OPS of 958. Uh, he has walked eight times, he has struck out 10 times. That's not terrible. Uh, he's got a stolen base. He's got two home runs, nine RBIs. 
He is a very non-typical catcher profile. He's speedy. He's not a big boy. He can hit for power. He's got a good arm on him. Uh, You want to be excited about this guy. There is so, so much to be excited about. Like, If he's anything like his brother, you want that sparky attitude uh, on your team that they got from their dad, if you listen to any of the interviews with them. so, And if you want a more sustainable sample size in 52 games at AA, he was batting 271, which is by no means terrible. Still on base at 427. That's crazy. Slugging, slugging 471 for an OPS of 898. Uh, his walk-to-strikeout ratio was about 1-to-1, 45 walks to 46 strikeouts. He had 11 stolen bases and was caught three times. That's incredible. And he had homered six times. So he's got eight on the year. What What more do wow. you want? He had 12 doubles, two triples at double A. You know how this works, though. They, they, they want him to catch. That's, they that's, do. That's, yeah. So but you'll take his offensive upside, too. Oh, easy, yeah. So... I think he's gonna he's, he's gonna see out. a ma- like he's gonna see a massive jump in the in the prospect rankings next year because catchers who can hit that are oh, yeah. that are above average defensively they're valued they're very very valued. Yep. So that's a fun question. We could spend a lot more time on that one, <laughs> but uh, we've got <laughs> we still got some ones here that we got to go into in length. Who, who sent that, John? Yep, that was John. That was awesome. Yeah, that was a good one, buddy. We really appreciate your support, and uh, and uh, we go back and forth during the games. That guy's awesome, so yes, thank you. Is. All right, uh, dear friend of the podcast, Nicole, she sent us a fun one. Uh, <laughs> I like this one. Who do you think gives a better hug? Fran Mill, Oscar Gonzalez, <laughs> and she put, I hate that I have to specify which Oscar again, or oh, Hedges. That's terrible. It's so bad. I, I don't want to shit on Mercado for the third time this episode. It's so <laughs> it's so unexcusable. It's I know. So bad. I feel like we were robbed of watching Nolan Jones play baseball for for Cleveland on July fourth. That's I how I feel. Or for they no just think reason, he's not Zach, ready yet. For no, for, Zach, I don't want to hear it. For no <laughs> reason, we were robbed of that. Just just for just for shits and giggles, we have to watch Oscar Mercado playing play today. I'm I sorry. Agree. I'm sorry. So, I'm sorry, America. I mean, I mean to go crazy there. <laughs> You're good. So I'll answer this one. Uh, hmm, this one's a tough one. So I, I think I think Fran Mill probably gives the best hug. Probably yeah. he. So he's he's a giant tree, but like I love listening to his interviews and the way that he talks about the game. He's just he's such a warm, uh, happy personality. He loves to play the game. He loves his teammates. Uh, he's always got that that happy spirit with him. Uh, there's just so much to love about it. But like Oscar too, like Oscar, just the way that he talks about the game. Uh, it, this one's a tough one. So Oscar, the way that he talks about the game, very much like Fran Mill, he's got that childlike humility. He's just thankful to play the game that he loves. Uh, and Hedgie, he's been around for a while. He's a leader. Uh, but mine's going to be Fran Mill. You know, big, tall, lovable teddy bear. You know, hard to say no. I'm going. I'm going. Fran Mill all the way. Uh, yeah, he really. Terry Francona said it perfectly in, in training camp. This world needs more of Fran Mill Reyes. You can't get a, a a better like you know quote than that. Um, he, he's just such a great dude. Um, you could just get a sense of of, of someone's humility and and heart and 
personality and, and, and respect that he has for others. And, and, and when, when you hear someone talk, like, you know, he is such a good dude, you know, and he, I really, I really do root for him, Zach. I really pull for him. Um, just, just like a, he's like a mountain of a man, like, but he's such a nice person. I remember he when is. they had the, the little league game last, uh, last year on Sunday versus the angels. And, um, like he was just so like, like interacting with the kids and it was, and he, he it was so like, it's so fun to watch him play every day because it, it's just sad when he's in a slump, you, you see the body language that when he's not himself, when he's like down about his performance on the field, you see it in his body language. That's not Framel that we know. Framel we no. know is laughing and laughing in the dugout. I remember there was like, like Andre not usually sends out tweets like front, like of the dugout, like during the game. And like, Class A is coming out for the for the ninth, and Fran Mill's like dancing in the dugout. I I, just, I, I love watching Fran Mill Reyes play baseball. This the sport needs more of him, of in terms of personality and sort of the sort of the rest of sports and and this and this world. It needs more Fran Mill Reyes. I agree. That's a that's a really nice, fun, lighthearted question uh, because I think sometimes we forget that baseball players are people too. And it's just, it's good to remember that they are just the same as we are with fans. They have personalities and they have things that make them lovable outside of watching them play the game. So Nicole, thank you for that. I was very delighted when I saw that question because it made me smile because that was a tough one. Nicole Uh, was awesome. She supports the podcast. Always sends us questions. Awesome. All right. Yes, ma'am. Thank you. So, Oh, we got, we still got more to go. Uh, okay. Jeff sent us, we've seen the take one player from Cleveland history and place them on this team. What about take one player from the past two to three seasons and what Cleveland, what Cleveland team would they have the best chance to succeed on guys like Logan Allen, Sandy Leone, uh, DeShields, those type of guys. Ooh, uh, this is a tough one. I'll let you answer that first, Zach. Okay, so I got to make sure I understand the question. What Cleveland team would they have the best chance to succeed on? Sandy Leone, DeShields? Yeah, so I was kind of confused when I read the question. Okay, so what? basically take one player, like kind of like, like an odd player from the past two to three years, take them and figure out what, Cle- what iteration of the Cleveland team they would have the best chance on. So... I hated watching the line of the shields in center field because he was supposed to be like this gold glove center fielder and his arm was just awful. So, and he was taking away at bats from like Oscar Mercado. So if he didn't take away those at bats from Oscar Mercado, we wouldn't have to be dealing with the shit we're dealing with today. And we would have cut him a year sooner. Now we have to deal with him today on July 4th in 2022 instead of, DFAing him in 2021. So I'm sorry, I have to do that again. No, that is the good. fourth. That is the fourth time I've shat on Oscar Mercado. That's a golden. Record. That's a golden sombrero. Yeah. Okay, so mine is gonna be. All right, so mine is gonna be random player from the last two to three seasons. I'll go back just a little further. I'll go back to 2018. Uh, I'm gonna take. I'm going to take, let's see, I'm going to take Oliver Perez. 
Yeah. So love Ollie. I love him. Uh, I think he would have fit very well with the 1997 team. Uh, You're going back to 97? Yep. All the way to 97. So that that bullpen was nasty. And to just throw him in there uh, with his profile, he would have exceeded and he would have excelled uh, in his role. They would have probably used him as a middle reliever slash a high leverage kind of guy. Uh, I think he would have he would have been lights out, especially in the team's playoff run to the World Series. And, you know, who knows if the team had had maybe <clears throat> one more bullpen piece uh, whose name was not Jose Mesa, you know, maybe the Guardians win the World Series that year. It's tough to say. I'll never forget my dad screaming the F word when I was like seven years old when, the you know, when when they blew the game. I'll never. I'll always remember that. Like my dad just screaming his lungs out. Uh, so I'm gonna go recent. Why? Because we have we don't believe in rostering normal right-handed outfielders. So hitting outfielders, I'm going Brandon Geyer. Um, in the last three years, this this roster could have used. The last two years, this roster could have used Brandon Geyer. Because he was, he got on base and he did his job. That's a platoon, as you know it, right-handed hitting outfielder. He, he, got, he got on base. He had some pop. Well, he hit lefties very well. He hit a bomb off Chris Sale. I remember once versus Boston. Uh, and people forget, Raji Davis was one of our greatest, all of our greatest moments. We all remember where we were when it happened. But Zach, people forget. Brandon Geyer got the double in the gap to bring Jose home. And he also to, uh, got hit by pitches an insane yes, amount. Yeah. Tyler Freeman is adopting that uh, trait. In the minors. <laughs> yep. The Tyler Freeman hit by pitch. Right, I'm going, I'm going Brandon Geyer. Um, That's a good pick. Yeah. That I, 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 I love the players that just fill their roles and just know their roles, you know, just like, he knows that he's not going to hit versus a right-handed hit pitcher, and he knows what his role is. Rather, it's a pinch hitter versus a lefty off the bench, or sitting for four days and when a lefty starts, everything. Like, I just love it when a player just knows their role, know what's expected of them, and just excels at it. Rather, how minimal it is or how big it is, they just they're always pro- professionally like ready and prepared. I miss Brandon Geyer. I, I love do that too. Player. He was a good dude. Do you remember right. that when he got the when he got the double uh, before Raji Davis hit the hit the home run? Yeah, Brandon Geyer on a very tough at bat got the double. You know, we're all like, he's what made time the game possible. We're all in the shits, and you know, we still didn't think it was possible because it was Raji Davis, but Brandon Geyer came through when you know when we needed him. I agree, and I like that answer. That's a fun question too, because it really it makes you gotta rack your brain a bit. And like, obviously, I was born in '92, so I was only five years old in '97. So the only thing that I know about Cleveland baseball in that time frame is videos and stats that I've seen. So uh, that oh, that's a good question because there's a lot of <clears throat> role player pieces that would do well on past iterations of the team. All right, we're getting down towards the end. Okay, so we talked about the hypotheticals at the trade deadline. We have talked about Ernie Clement as an opener. Let's answer... Okay, so Joe sent us a question. Joe D. Yes, sir. 
Did the team's performance over the brutal 17 game stretch convince you that they will be contenders in September? Uh, I'll start this. I'll go first. Okay, go ahead. Absolutely. I'm going. Yes. Um, For two reasons. One, Zach, we just played the Yankees, the Red Sox, the twins. And we went eight and nine. That'll work, Zach. You know, Yep. What did, I, what did I say to you a hundred times on this show? So 500 against the good teams and 800 against the bad. That's right. Exactly. See, uh, that was good, Zach. I'm impressed. You go 500 against the bad teams and 800 against the good teams, you're in the playoffs. And that's what we did. You know, we're, and now, and Zach, here we are. We got the Royals, the Tigers, the White Sox, then, then the, no, we got the Tigers, Royals, White Sox, then the Tigers. That, Zach, this is our shot. This is our shot to like get above ground and and like and and go. You know, that is that schedule works, Zach. So and also what gave us a I said this again, the difference is that the White Sox just fell off the face of the earth. And you say that, but they did also just sweep the Giants. They did. Giants didn't help us out, but but like we're gonna have our chance for them. You know, and, and they got problems. There's also some problems going on in the clubhouse that never works out great on the field. That never sustains itself. G. Lito's having a a down year. Um, a lot of injuries, obviously. So they're they open the door for us to have a realistic chance in this division. I don't think we're gonna the wild card's gonna be there, Zach. I think those the wild cards go to the AO East, and whoever doesn't win that division, obviously the Yankees are winning the division. So I think you know, Blue Jays, Blue Jays, Tampa, and Boston get all three wild card spots then I think we have a very, very realistic chance of winning the division. Now, does that mean we're going to win the World Series? I don't know. Probably not. But if you just get in the baseball, if you just get in the playoffs, you never know. The, our pitching could play, and the, here we are, and there we are. You know, if the pitching plays, and you never know. So I'm, my answer is 100% yes. Yeah, so the division is very winnable. Um you got to win your games against division opponents. Obviously, we're not going to see the Twins again until September. Uh, so got to be able to stay on top of them by beating the teams that are beatable. We've proven that we can beat the White Sox, and their woes, like Chuck said, have <clears throat> continued to ail them. Uh, they And like Chuck said, they are having some off-the-field issues. Uh, Tim Anderson decided that he was going to be a goon. Uh, those things, when they spill into professional sports, typically do not uh, go very well. So, yes, I think they can contend. The AL Central is incredibly weak. Uh, I don't foresee Chicago's problems getting better unless all of a sudden they get 100% healthy. Uh, they're having pitching issues. Lance Lynn is not the man that he was. Giolito's having a rough season. Um, Jake Berger is not a major league baseball player. He continues to make defensive errors out the wazoo along with his buddy, Tim Anderson. So based on the fact strictly divisionally and maybe even a wild card. Yes. Do I think we compete very well long-term in the playoffs? No, because you're going to go up against a team like New York or Houston, but all you have to do is get there. You know, it's, the Braves had the worst record out of a divisional winner in the playoffs last year. There were two 100 win teams in the NL West, and one of them ended up being a wild card because of the way it's structured. Braves had the worst record for a divisional winner. Isn't that amazing? They went on to win the whole freaking thing. 
And they didn't have Acuna either. No, they had been missing Acuna since just before the All Star break when he tore his ACL in Miami. I watched. They that traded. Game. They traded Eddie Rosa- for Eddie Rosario, who couldn't hit shit when he was with us and got hurt. And then he then he became. Did he win the MVP in the World Series? Uh, he won the NLCS MVP. Wow. So he had no, that big. Uh, he had that big. Solaire, Jorge Soler won the MVP in the World Series. He won yep. the he won the NLCS MVP, but he went crazy in the playoffs. Then they, and then they got Jock Peterson from Chicago, and then they they just took off. Well, they and they wanted Jock because he's a big clubhouse guy. Doesn't well, he's not good for your fantasy league. And if, if when you're trying to stand <laughs> up for one, <laughs> man, we ain't even going to talk about that. Yeah. So. That's a no, good question. The, That's a yeah. good question because based Absolutely, on the remaining yeah. schedule, and we're I mean, right there. We're, we're coming up on the all-star break. We're not out of it. You know, we're what two games out of first right now. It's going to be really interesting what we do at the deadline, because you feel like the team forced the front office's hand. I don't yes. think anybody expected the team to be this good. I was going So for the record, I tweeted before the year, 86 wins. That was my tweet. Could it possibly be 90? Vegas had us at Zach. I think Vegas had us at seventy three. Not there was not Steve one beat, there was not one beat, beat writer that had us over eighty five wins that I saw. So nobody expected the team to be this good. So you you wonder if the team will force the front office's hand to make a win now a more win now move than they would have done as a team would be flat on its face. You see what I'm saying? It's gonna be really cool to see how they balance the long term and the short term. Well, I think it's going to be interesting, too, to see what the Twins go out and do because uh, they are in need of some bullpen help. Uh, that's, we putting like their, that's putting it lightly, Zach. Yeah, we, we like their bullpen right now. Uh, if they want to flaunt out Emilio Pagan against us and leverage situations, or uh, who's the other one we like to bang around? Thornburg? Well, he's, he's, he's no gone. longer with the team. He's DFA'd. Uh, they can... Keep their bullpen just fine. Uh, we've struggled to hit their starting pitching. Uh, so guess what? They're going to be in the market for a reliever. It would not surprise me if they try to competitively go after a guy like David Bednar. Uh, Bednar's a little older. He's 28. He's prime trade material for the Pirates to get a very that, nice you, prospect return. Did you see that out? He had, you had like a, I think you had like a, like a five out save and got four strikeouts. Something like that. He's a beast, Zach. He's a beast. All right. So breaking news: uh, Zach Mizell just tweeted out. Wait, I, 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 I don't see it. I'm looking everywhere. Where did you? I missed it. Where is uh, it? So he replied to Matt Bretz. Zach Mizell just tweeted out. You got to turn tweet notifications on, homie. Uh, Alex Young is the 27th man. Mercado is on the roster. There's a move coming between games to add Pilkington. Spread the word. Yikes, that's disappointing. We're not going to dunk on him for the fifth time. We've already spent enough time on it. Uh, So those are y'all's questions that you guys sent us. As always, a huge thank you. I know it might not seem like a lot, but it's something that both of us enjoy doing for this show because guess what? When we get not-so-nice stuff to talk about, like two really ugly Yankees games with a gritty win... Um, especially as of late, you know, there's a twin series recap coming after this, uh, that we did 
like I said, I wasn't able to get the episode edited over the weekend because my parents were in town. The twin series recap is fun because there were those games were competitive minus the one blowout. Um, but when things get tough, you know, you guys sending us fun questions like this, it really makes us flex our baseball brains. And as fans of the game, it really forces us to like look outside of our own scope, which I appreciate because it's what keeps us sharp as baseball fans. Yeah. Um, it's really been fun. Uh, again, thank you so much for the questions guys. Uh, we really appreciate the support and it's really fun to talk about the team. I love, um, with you, Zach and, and just saying how I feel about the team and my opinions on the team. And, and, uh, it's, I really do appreciate the, the, the tweets and the, especially the questions, just taking the time rather, you know, just typing the questions to us at the podcast means that means the world to us from your support. So, uh, yeah, it's really, it's been a lot of fun, Zach. I agree. So, and we got lots of good stuff coming. So for those of you that tuned in to the first ever, uh, game watch party that we did on playback last week, a huge thank you. Uh, I know that was not exactly <laughs> the way that it was supposed to go. Logan Allen got banged around. Uh, we do not have a game on Thursday this week. What time is the game on Wednesday? Wednesday is the 6th? One o'clock game. Okay. I will be unable to host a watch party for that one, so maybe we can do a watch party for the Friday game versus Kansas City. It should be like an 8 o'clock start. I know Fridays people are generally out doing stuff, uh, but I'll try to figure out a time that works for you guys. And Chuck, actually, you should be able to make that one, yeah? Which which one? The Kansas City game on Friday? That's an 8-10 uh, Eastern start. No, I, I, can't, I can't make that game. Uh, yep, that's right. I forgot. Uh, I'll figure something out. We'll we'll try to do one this week. It might be impromptu. It could be tomorrow. Um, we'll see. So, Chuck, as always, thank you, buddy. Uh, I will let you go so that you can enjoy your 4th of July, and I will get down to the dirty business of editing this and putting all of it together. I can't wait to watch this doubleheader. I'm so, I'm really, this is awesome. I'm just, what's, Zach, what time's first what pitch you, for today? One o'clock. What's your prediction, Zach? Do you think Arias goes down <clears> after game two? I think he stays unless he gets sent down between games to I'm not even going to try <laughs> my, my roster move brain is exacerbated by all it's the sa- recent stuff. It sounds like uh, I, I think it's Owen Miller. I think that error really pissed off a lot of people yesterday. Yeah, uh, that's because uh, he's giving you nothing in the box right now in the in the with his bat, and he's a liability at first pretty much, and say he's not playing second anymore, so he's pretty much a, he's pretty much a, a first baseman, Zach. That's pretty much what he is right now. Yep, and I think I hope it's Owen Miller. That's just my my prayer. I I got a bad feeling. I don't know. I have a feeling it's something that not all of us are going to be happy with. If I had to guess. Will Oscar Mercado be on the roster in 2024? I don't know. We'll see. At the going rate, the answer is yes. (laughs) He's like the bad dream that never goes away. I agree. Well, Chuck, take care of yourself, buddy. Uh, Enjoy your 4th of July and your day off. Uh, You too, brother. Let's watch some baseball, and I'm looking forward to talking about it as it goes.
Yes, sir. Mackenzie, one hit shutout, baby, versus the Yanks. Yes, sir. Got to highlight the highlight the good. Yes, sir. Happy- All right. That was a marathon. Uh, I do not have time to put the Twin Series recap in here. Uh, that is probably going to be its own episode this week because we talked about all five games. Uh, we had some hot takes and we had some stuff about Gabriel Arias being promoted, which we did not know he was being promoted. We thought he was being called up at the, as the 27th man at the time. Uh, so that will be coming in an episode probably tomorrow. I just got to find time to splice it together. Figure an hour and 45 minutes, two hours is probably... Mm, enough for an episode as it is uh, because if I throw that in this episode will be every bit of three hours and it starts to get hard to keep track of uh, because I do not know how to do segments uh, at least with Anchor and the audio editing platform I do or I use called Audacity. I do have Adobe Audition uh, I haven't had a chance to mess around with it and learn it supposedly it's supposed to be way better for podcasters but I have not ventured out into that territory yet uh, just haven't had the time recently. So good news is for you guys, content's going to be coming pretty more consistently. I have finished the Air Force class that was eating my free time. Uh, so that's good. I'll be able to start cranking out stuff for you guys. Don't forget about the watch party for the game on July 5th. We live in playback at about 6.55 p.m. Uh, I put the link, I uh, told y'all where to find it in the intro. Uh, the link will also be in the podcast description. Uh, And y'all will see me plastering a WordPress post out on the Twitter. As always, you guys can find us on Twitter. You can find me, Zach, at Zachary underscore Buckeye. You can find the podcast at at the corner pod. And you can find Chuck at Chuck 636-18910. Always tweeting during the games. Always talking to people. Uh, Come find us. Come talk ball with us. We're always... uh, on there messing around in the fan base talking to people about what's going on so if you guys want our live takes as it happens come watch our tweets (laughs) because sometimes they're pretty unfiltered so thank you guys as always for listening uh if you would like and subscribe uh, it helps the metrics it helps boost us up uh, it gets us more visibility so if you guys like what you hear give us a like give us a follow it helps it really does even if it's just for reassurance for us that you know, somebody likes what we're putting out we that is all i have for you guys today uh it is the fourth of july there is a double header that starts probably in about half an hour from the time that this episode gets uploaded uh we're blessed with about nine hours of baseball today which is pretty incredible on the fourth of july i hope you all have a great weekend i hope you guys get to spend today with your family celebrating the freedoms that we have As always, be safe. I hope you all have a great week. And as always,